Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. To my right, rocking the Whitetail Heaven Outfitters t-shirt. We got Vance. <laughs> that put a smile on his face. Across the table, we got Ranger. Vance is uh, technically in front of Ranger. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, we got Todd Young on the phone. Hi, Todd. Hello. I'm here. There's Todd. We also have our guest, Tony Spicker. And he's had his hands in a lot of things, musky world. And I don't know the guy all that well, but we're going to get to know him here soon. Um, hi, Tony. Hey, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> all right, let's let's plow through these plugs, shall we? This show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search us. We're there. Uh, we have, uh, gosh, what is it? We got some baits, don't we, Vance? We don't have a lot of them. Mm-mm. But... We have a lot of blanks. We we do yeah we do. Thank you, Todd. So, color My chart's going to be f- is done for for now. <laughs> uh, you still got a little bit more work, but <clears throat> yeah. So, but other than that, we got the uh, the jerk baits, our raptors. We got the gliders, which is our stingers. We have the swim baits, six, eights, and ten inches. We have the rod holders, which uh, probably in the next week or so, I'm going to be putting some stuff up on Facebook. Another little doodad that you can do to these rod holders just keep fine-tuning this to make sure everyone has a good setup so uh look for that you can find the baits at musky tackle online and team rhino outdoors so if you're looking for baits that are uh like exclusive colors go to team rhino if you want to find more stock colors than what i have currently hop on musky tackle online they're also you guys dropped off a big boatload up at uh hogan's hut Mm mm-hmm and what town is that? It's actually Stowe, but it's right smack dab in the middle of Chautauqua Lake. There you go. Brick and mortar store. You can go in there, get a hoagie, get mm-hmm. some gas, mm-hmm. get some raptors. Fishing, fishing license. Uh, that's where we send everybody. So great place to stop. Best hoagie on the lake. All right. Todd, talk about Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. MTFishingGuides.com. Give us a call. Vance and I will be starting up here on the 26th of may which is opening day on chautauqua lake we're fishing through november and tis the time of the year i've already been getting uh you know some guys schedule over the winter and uh i have like two days i can fish before july 4th now because i had a couple or one cancellation one guy had to turn a two-day trip into a one-day trip uh vance has a half a dozen days he can fish in that time period so if you're looking for that early season, get a hold of us sooner rather than later. We'll try to get you in. Uh, lots of openings still in the summer and fall, but that will fill in as it goes. So get a hold of us. We'll do our best to get you out there, get you on some fish, cast, troll, whatever you want to do. Perfect. St. <clears throat> Rod, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Check them out. Um, if you're in the market for a new fishing rod, uh, check out St. Croix. They've been around since the earth's cooled, and uh, – <laughs> Mostly made in the USA. There you go. Ranger Boats and Vic's Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Check them out for service. And also, uh, if you're in the boat buying uh, business for yourself right now, (laughs) you got Starcraft, Star Welds, and Rangers. Aluminum and fiberglass. Mm -hmm. Check them out. Perfect. Is there a... uh, Mm. Dusty street in the middle of, uh, well, in the western New York, when the clock strikes noon, it's a showdown? Yes, 
and that will be happening on June 23rd, a Saturday. Uh, Zach Baker and Muskies Inc. Chapter 69 out of New York is putting on a big tournament there for a day. Uh, 35 bucks for non-members, 25 for uh, Muskies Inc. members. Um, they got a big fish pot. Uh, get a hold of Zach to sign up for the tournament. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot of heads in it. So There you go. And Muskies Inc., you just heard about the Chautauqua Showdown, and that is put on by Muskies Inc. And, you know, there wouldn't be a Muskies Inc. tournament without Muskies Inc. Mm-mm. What do you That's think? For sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <clears throat> hey, Todd, do you like Muskies Inc.? Muskies Inc., Muskies Inc. Check out your local chapter. There's many chapters, many different states. I forget the exact number, but uh, I think I think it's very important. Anybody's into muskie fishing and wants to help support our fishery, we have a small small voice. We have a small group. When you look at collective uh, collectively, all the fishermen out there, very small percentage of us are, are uh, into muskie fishing. So they can help us with uh, they our local club. It's just a good way to get, we had the state minimum uh, raised. We used to be able to keep two 30-inch muskies in Pennsylvania per day. Got that raised up to a 40-inch size limit, and that was all through our muskies in club. Uh, it's not that, the, that, that uh, you know, you can't get involved. All these clubs are looking for people to get involved. Always need, you know, president, secretaries. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Each club's a little different. You know, some clubs really get into the tournaments. Our, our local club here in Pennsylvania has been very large, and, uh, you know, we're about a moderate, moderate-sized club right now. They are picking up new members. There's a couple different membership drives going on out there. So uh, get a hold of them. I think it's very important. Anybody who's in, into muskie fishing should be supporting muskies. It's a great way to get to know people. Uh, learn learn stuff about uh, about musky fishing if you're just a beginner. That's right. And uh, check out <clears throat> Muskies Inc. I think it's chapter fifty. That that bait raffle, not really a raffle. It's an auction, and it's not a Facebook auction. It's it's an auction for the minnow fun. It's the pen jersey. Uh, bunch of baits of the AZ. I I think some are done. I I checked it out earlier today, and I guess I didn't dive in deep enough. But check it out, Muskies Inc. I think. That's- it's- that's nice to hear of our big corporation we have going here. I didn't even know we supported that this year, but <laughs> thank you to whoever did. We'll see. Yeah, the, it got lost in the paper. The secretary, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I donated some some baits. So oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, it- <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, we got guest Tony. Uh, Tony, tell us all about your plugs if you have any. Uh, well, I've been involved with uh, Brotherhood Baits for the last, I don't know, it's been like three years now, and uh, we've exclusively done Dive and Rise. It's kind of like a Suic deal. We make three different sizes. Um, your typical jerk bait kind of acts like a Suic, but on steroids. Uh, it's just a better mousetrap, if you ask me. Sure, I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know make it sound great right but they do catch fish <laughs> um i started out making them like again three years ago partnered up with a with a buddy of mine kyle savino and uh we've just been doing small small runs small numbers i was into that big number game a long time ago with big game tackle but uh you know decided to get out of that and sell that 
and start making jerk baits just because one, it was something new. Two, I wasn't the slave to the grind. I could just do them as I wanted to do them and not make big, big batches. So, um, if you wanted to take a look at them, you can uh, jump on Facebook. That's probably the best option to to get your hands on one if you if you'd like to, you know, if you like jerk baits. But uh, we really don't sell them to any stores. We do small batches for uh, for uh, Jeff Whitman, and we all know who Jeff is. He's TRO Team Rhino Outdoors. Uh, usually just for the shows for him. He never puts them on his, his site or anything like that. So just small batches. Um, and I know you guys, Todd, you, you guys love your Chautauqua. That, that bait was actually born on Chautauqua, our wake up call. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Goldberg, I sent him a couple of prototypes and, you know, the first day he was on Chautauqua, he ended up with nine in the boat, which was pretty cool for us. No big ones, but. Still, nonetheless, nine in the boat, you know, on a brand new bait is a home run, if you ask me. So, yeah, I've um, seen those in action. Just, they have a nice, they're, they're they're really, they have a nice little wobble to them when you when you when you give it the jerk. Uh, what's a price point on those? Let's say I know the one I think the fellow that was throwing that I was with was maybe like a ten inch. Uh, yeah, there's a seven inch is. Uh, uh, 65 bucks to 10 inches, 85. And then we, we make, you know, for the collectors out there, we make a 15 that's an absolute monster. And, and I don't see guys throwing it, but they take a, a long time to make. And they're mm-hmm. up there. They're, yeah. they're 175 bucks a piece. But, I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about multiple, multiple coats of epoxy and, you know, your paint with your fins and, you know, the whole nine yards. But uh, yeah. not your run-of-the-mill type you know everything's handmade and i'm sure you guys know production from todd you especially Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. your quick colors your easy colors you know they don't take much time sure you can charge a lot cheaper for but the bigger ones are you know going to be more expensive if you're hand making them all by wood and everybody knows that game so yep yeah it's a nice bait check them out perfect the thing the thing about the seven though there's there's a difference the seven is uh it, it's it's kind of a unique bait if you bend the tail if you leave the tail straight on the back of the seven and jerk it it's more of like not so much like uh um you know how ladianos are pretty straight it's got a little mm-hmm. it's got a little side to side when the tail's straight but if you bend the tail um it you i mean you can turn it into a crankbait you can actually troll the thing Kevin and I, Goldberg, that is, went to Northwest Territories and uh, pike fish with it. We were jerk trolling with it, and we ended up, you know, it, we caught a lot of pike on it. You know, big pike, too. I think our biggest pike was 46 on it. So and the 10 is a little different. The 10 is the same way as far as the tail straight. It slashes down, you know, more of a straight. You bend the tail, and it's got more of a, you know, side-to-side type swimming action to it. Nice. So, so, so you all in the tail. It's all in the <laughs> yeah. tail. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Perfect. So check them out on the Facebook page. Uh, was it Brotherhood Baits? Yep, Brotherhood Baits. On Facebook. So check yeah. them out there. Give it a like and uh, stay in touch with Brotherhood Brotherhood Baits, Tony Spicker. So, all right, we're just going to dive right in on this because. 
like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of mystery that I have in my head. I just know that you've always seemed to be behind the scenes. When we'd go to like Chicago the first time, Todd, remember that in like 14? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like out of, the, out of the blue, you start talking to him. I'm like, who is this guy? And and so, Tony, catch us up. Like, start from the beginning. Wherever you want the beginning to, to start from, tell us about, just start. Okay, well, uh, in the beginning, every, everybody should know uh, what picking tackle was. Is It's a uh, balsam minnow bait in... Uh, we started making them. Alex Evolga, actually, let me back up a little bit, but Alex Evolga is the one that started Big Game, and he started it right around, to the best that I can remember, right around um, 98. And I started dabbling in crate baits, and then I actually uh, I got laid off from the railroad. I hurt my back and was off for a little while and was looking for something to do. And I talked Alex into uh, pulling me aboard, and I started making all the bodies, and he was painting them all. So 2000, we, we started, our, our first Chicago show was in 2000. And we went around to all the stores, you know, because everybody that was anybody's, as far as uh, musky shops, were at that show. You know, the Chicago show was supposed to be the show of all shows and blah, blah, blah. And it was back then, actually. And everybody and their brother, Raleigh and Helen, Storm Brothers, you know, all the major musky shops were at that show. So we took all of our pamphlets that we made up and, you know, handful of baits and pretty much got into all the shops that we wanted to get into and uh, just started making baits that way. And then Alex got tired of it about two or three years later. And then it was just me by myself. And then I added on uh, the 12 inch minnow, all the sizes are five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then I added the 12, and then I added a line of scuba divers, which were two uh, deep-diving crankbaits, you know, pretty much specifically for trolling. But I did that all the way up until about uh, about six years ago when I got tired of it and wanted out. And Bill Green bought Big Game, and it's still going to this day, which I'm pretty happy about. Uh, and then, like, three years ago, I uh, started talking to Kyle and got that itch again and started uh, making jerk baits because I've never made them before. So I just, you know, started making baits again because I guess when it's in your blood, it's in your blood. So, and you said those were made out of balsa. Uh, all a big game line is made out of balsa. Plus. Yeah, except okay. for the uh, scuba divers. The scuba divers were all cedar. Mm-hmm. That's neat. I've never, I've never worked with balsa. I mean, I know, I know the great action that that can get you, but. I would imagine that's a little tough to work with on lays and such. Uh, so being a, oh, it's, like a it's, soft. it's super light. It's yeah. It's you know what's tough about it is they break easy. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that everybody knows what a crane bait is. So it's yep. the same wood that a, that a crane bait's made out of, and you can't use screw eyes and balsa because it'll pull right out. So it's mm-hmm. got to be through wire. So that makes that makes the bait a little tougher to make, obviously. But uh, I got in the making cranks because I have my buddies all went to Lake of the Woods, uh, fishing Lake of the Woods and, you know, musky mecca of the world, right? Absolutely. And I went to Lake of the Woods for the smallmouth and the walleyes. I didn't even want to fish for the muskies. <laughs> and then I bought, uh, my buddies talked me into it. So I started, uh, 
started casting for muskies and the first day like this day i caught like a 41 inch or my first one and from that point going forward i was screwed because that's all i wanted to do <laughs> and i caught it on a 207 crane big shout out to sharon and bill but uh 207 crane i i caught it on and then you know after that it was all downhill i had the musky blinders on and all i wanted to do was make cranks and uh Go musky fishing. What year was that that you caught your first? Uh, right around the same time Alex started big game. So, so like so the, the late nineties. So ninety ninety eight, yeah, somewhere around there. Nice, and and you and you you're from uh, you're from Indiana. Do you fish those lakes at all? Right around you. I do. I used to fish them a lot more than what I do now. Um, mm -hmm. I've gotten back into the multi-species thing because, you know, walleyes and, and crappies taste pretty good. Yeah. But uh, sure. <laughs> Indiana, I mean, they're great lakes, and, you know, Chapter 49 has done, you know, great things for our lakes out here in Indiana, but the fact remains that they still just get beat up because there's not another musky lake, you know, the closest next musky lakes as Bankston in uh like Michigan or uh you know St. Clair or you yeah. gotta go to Wisconsin, you know, we're like right in the middle of it. I'm forty five minutes south of Chicago. So I can go four hours that way and and hit Green Bay or I can go four hours the other way and hit St. Clair. So I'm right in the middle of it, which is good. But our Indiana lakes, I don't fish them too much for muskies anymore. I, I usually go. I met a guy named Kevin Goldberg, and I ended up uh, uh, meeting him in probably 2000 on St. Clair. We used to do St. Clair, and uh, we become fast friends. And I used to do that Minnesota, Wisconsin deal, you know, Lake of the Woods thing. And then Kevin introduced me to out east, you know, Chautauqua, the lakes out in Ohio, you know, West Branch, you know, all of those lakes. And I've been doing that since. So haven't been to Minnesota in like four or five years now or Wisconsin. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, it's, it's something new. The Wisconsin crowd and Minnesota crowd is completely different from the east crowd, so it's to me, it's something new. You know, all them guys out in Minnesota, they want to use giant plugs, and, you know, that's what the fish eat up there. So, obviously, they're going to throw big plugs and bigger stuff. And Ohio is just, it's again, it's just something new. And, you know, it's little plugs out there, as you guys know, you know, little sissons and, you know, all the little, you know, uh, Evan's little meatballs been taking the world by storm. <laughs> just something new, you know. <clears throat> so it's it i mean at least from where i'm sitting i mean i the, the for, i fished malax for a day that's like my big thing and then what is todd how many days we spend down at cave run like four or five yeah four something yeah, yeah. Th that's my extent of traveling for musky fishing but to me it's always the stereotype of the midwest is you're throwing bucktails and pounders on the rocks or the reeds, you know, in three feet of water. <laughs> and then you, uh, there's a line that's somewhere, and it might start somewhere around, like, St. Clair. Then it's just, like, all trolling. And you, you get, you know, yeah. the, the hot thing anymore has been these smaller trolling baits. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess, I don't know if it's just a trend or, you know, if it's that self-fulfilling prophecy of if you troll it, you're going to catch fish. 
and you know people are shying away from the bigger stuff because someone catches one on a small one and then everyone's using small baits mm-hmm. and that's what everyone's catching them on and maybe in 10 years it swings the other way but did, have you noticed that that like there's that gray area that kind of parts the musky world there is definitely different you know everybody thinks from my end of the world anyway everybody thinks that you know wisconsin's the musky mecca of the world because of the louis spray thing and you know there's a lot to talk about there as you guys well know but you know, Chippewa Floyd and, you know, the musky history and, my gosh, there's all kinds of grindstone and, you know, all of them lakes out there. But um, from what I've gathered from going out east is, you know, there's a lot of musky history out there, too. Take Chautauqua, for instance. Um, I vis- visited the hatchery out there and come to find out that's the first hatchery ever. I, I, it blew my mind that the first hatchery ever was in like New York. Yeah. Because you, you think of Wisconsin just being that Mecca, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. A lot to learn. It's, it's been a cool learning experience getting, uh, you know, both ends of the spectrum. I've been lucky enough to be in the boat with a, a lot of really good sticks. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've pretty much done it all in the musky world as far as areas are concerned and you know it's just exciting to me to go out east now nice so So i'm gonna put you on the spot right now if you had to pick one body of water for the rest of your life what would it be oh man it would probably starting today st Lawrence. really it would probably be the larry somewhere out there yeah you're just larry going for the big one Have you have you fished that extensively, or fished it enough? No, but I've I've fished it, and it's it's amazing what comes out of them waters. It's amazing to me what comes out of that place. Yeah, you know, you get your size and your you get your size and your numbers. You know, you get to have your cake and eat it too, kind of a deal out there. I've seen pictures. You know, it's taboo. Yeah, but I've just seen pictures of of like the water up there and it, it to me it's just like lake erie but moving i mean it just seems so enormous <laughs> yeah i mean that's the only thing i compare it to black water <laughs> some fast currents <laughs> so with the brotherhood baits now do you also do a crankbait line we do. We do. Uh, actually, we're we're working on a crankbait right now. We we do a little thing called uh, a spring fling, and it's a small little four inch minnow style bait that uh, every spring we uh, you know we make a batch of about seventy or so of them. We don't make a ton of them, but uh, you know they've done done good. Some Ohio guys have caught fish on them. You know New York guys, Wisconsin guys, but for the most part. Uh, them ohio guys because again it's a smaller bait thing out that way and it seems to work out there so Mm -hmm. we're we got in the works right now uh, a bigger crank we're not dead set on one thing yet we've been kicking around a a couple different scenarios but i'm sure we'll put something together this summer for uh for a bigger crank very cool and you know you just deal with wood when you are you're making baits, and and from what 
I, I honestly, I have no no idea. Uh, I've never met you, um, but it seems like you're you're really you you appreciate the wood wooden baits. You did it with big game, and it sounds like Brotherhood. You do all wood there, and it seems like you're the guy that actually is doing the molds. Actually, actually, you know, making the shape of the bait, um, or do you paint as well? I do. I uh, we make our bodies from scratch. From A to Z. I mean, uh, uh, we make our bodies. We, you know, seal them, do what we need to do to get them to get ready to paint. We paint, epoxy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, put hooks on them, you know, from start to finish. Starts with a board. So with the, the demand of, like, how the paints are going nowadays, uh, the high-end paint jobs, do you, uh, I mean, I know if I was on in that spectrum, I'd, I'd like to be dealing with the wood side of it and be like, okay, now take this <laughs> someone and, else and somebody else paint this thing, and <laughs> put the sponged on bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different, different ways to paint. You know, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, Kyle Savino, my partner, uh, I've been painting for a long time and he pushes me to do these, you know, crazy exotic paint jobs and, and it's been working for us, but you know, they just, in in that mode for me is big game and big game for so many years was crank them out crank them out crank them out so you do the easiest paint job you can you know you're talking you know three four colors and you're you're calling it good you know but uh with with brotherhood it's kind of nice to take your time you're not rushed you're i like the small batch thing um and you know you're using you're using probably eleven, twelve, sometimes fifteen colors on one one bait. So obviously, do the math. You know it's going to take longer for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of difference. You know, there's some really cool stuff out there, like Baker with his with his glitters. I mean, I don't think there's a better guy out there with his glitter. You know, there's you know, and and his foil jobs. I mean, there's some uh, uh, look at look at Paulie from uh, Botshad. That guy's a phenomenal painter. Look at look at some of the stuff he's been putting out lately. You know, you guys were talking on a podcast them uh, them Bagley colors. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that like I mean, you're you're hitting on it perfectly. I don't have to beat this dead horse, but it's you know we're not quite you know big game back in your prime. We're not quite brotherhood right now. You know, I'm trying to put out like a, a good, you know, uh, a reasonable paint job. And it's like Vance just made that joke about sponging on the bars. He was on the phone with me last night when I was cursing <laughs> about putting these sponged on bars because it, as dumb as it sounds, it's easy to mess up a, a, a sponge. It is. And, and you're like, okay, great. So this bait is almost, it's 85% done. And one little drag of that sponge looks terrible. And you're like, oh, yeah. Are they going to notice it? <laughs> That's one of those things. <laughs> and, and yes, they are. I'll answer that for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you get. That's when you go drag every other bar or something like that. That's called the bar drag. Method. Yeah. Do you get. It's called the smear yeah. dot. Do you get customers that come up to you and be like, this, uh, this seems like a blem? How about 20% off? <laughs> I, I, you know, I used to get that all the time at the shows, you know, uh, look at this bar's not 
filled it faded a little bit. It needs to be darker or whatever, you know. You got to be that PC guy, you know, because they don't know that you sit behind this chair for, you know, 12, 14 hours at a time, you know, trying to have enough dates for the show and try to make make everybody happy and, you know, but yeah, you do get that. You get that a lot. I used to get that a lot when I did the shows. I mean, there was a time I was doing 14 shows a year. And, wow. and if that's not the grind, go out and try it and, and get back to me. But, yeah. um, you know, yeah, you get that. But I don't get that anymore because I'm very happy being a small batch guy and, you know, doing it when I have. You know, I got a, I got a full-time job, so I'm only doing it on uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for two, three hours at a, at a, at a crack. But, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I would do the small batch for sure. That's interesting. Because there's freedom in it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna throw something way back that you you spoke about immediately when uh, when we first told you to to have at it, and I took a note. You said you started the Chicago show about year 2000. How has it changed from 2000 to 2018? Wow, it's changed a lot. Um, when who was it? It was. Uh, what was it called? Tri Sox Productions. Yes, uh, I remember Statlin, that. Steve Statlin and, yeah. and his crew. Um, you know, as a manufacturer's point of view, he was charging an arm and a leg. But back then, the crowds were so big. There was a line at your booth. You know, it's it doesn't seem to be like that anymore. Um, I could tell you the Chicago show, I used to see people from Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany. I used to see people from all over the place. You don't see them people anymore. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the net, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It seems like it went from a huge production, you know, every room packed, you know, you know, you had to be on a waiting list to get a booth. You had to start out in the hall first to get a booth on the main floor. It's just not like that anymore. I mean, you're seeing auto parts store booths in a at a musky show. What do you, what's an auto parts booth doing in a musky show? Yeah, that's terrible. Not not making it look like there's holes in the floor plan. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, exactly. I just, I just got to be and, honest. And it's that's... sad to me because it, I used to love doing shows, man, beating all the people and them telling you the story about, hey, man, I caught this on your bait or whatever. You know, I tried that. That was that was awesome to me. You know taking a piece of wood from, you know, a board and cutting it down and routing it and doing all you need to do and then enticing this big beastie thing that we chase with teeth in their mouth to just crush it. And, and you know, the this fishing side of it for me is, you know, enticing that thing to eat a chunk of wood that you're making look like a real fish that they're going to eat. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's crazy, the, but kind of cool completely fooling it that that's that's essentially what you, you know and the, the the neat thing about with what you're saying is not only do you have to fool it but you have to fool it when it's in front of it you, you, i mean you could be fooling no fish for a long time and all of a sudden you 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 don't know he's there and and you you keep doing what you're doing and then like the fish is like ah Here's something to eat. It comes up and eats it. And it's just so many things have to align. I mean, and to me, I, I, I can break down. I mean, you were, you were, you know, 
hitting it home for me when you were talking about that was just everything lined up and then it happened. And now you got a flip of a coin if it's going to hit the net or not. That's yeah. Yeah. So there's just so much more to the backstory. That's crazy to think that Chicago show was like that. But mm-hmm. you see the old art. No, you see the old you articles. Guys, you like guys that. remember back? I'm sorry. Go you, ahead. you see old articles and old pictures, and you know, come out to the Chicago show. This is what it looks like, and it just looks all out pandemonium at people's booths. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the aisleways. Oh, it was packed. Yeah, it was packed. I mean, uh, uh, Musky Mayhem booth. Let's take them for instance, or uh, or Musky Innovations. You know, Musky Mayhem used to do a thing where you you could buy a uh, bucktail that uh, you can make up yourself, you know, a custom whatever. They had all their component components there, but, you know, you better not get there late because you're going to be down the, down the aisle and around the corner standing in line to get one of those. That's so, cool. I, you know, I don't know. It's I got to contribute <laughs> it to the Internet. You know, you can get on the Internet and get anything you want nowadays. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that had a part to play. Or Hughes Rivers, uh, he had a, Jimmy Wilson had a booth that, uh, you know, a line out into the aisle, down that aisle, back halfway down the other aisle, you know? That's I don't know. A, that's it was incredible. just cool. Now, w- what were the vendors like? I mean, we, we were at the, the last, Todd, was that the last Tri-E-Sox? Was that 2014? I don't remember who put that on in 14, but that's the first time I had ever, uh, you know, went out to the, Chicago show. I believe it was in 14, yeah. Yeah, so what What we noticed when we went there was the bait makers, and a lot of them were inline spinners or blades of, of some sort, and it just dominated the show. And what was it like in those earlier days? Not necessarily year 2000, but, you know, in, in that thing, just I'm, I'm building this picture in my head of, like, if I were to walk into this show, what what was it a lot of? Was it a lot of wooden jerk baits? Was it you know? No, it was a mix. It was a it was actually a good mix too because you know you had your Shumways, Bruce Shumway and his brother Fuzzy, Shumway Flashers. So he was a bucktail guy. Um, man, I I don't remember too many other bucktail guys back then. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lungeon was there, of course. Rolf from uh, Wishmaster. Everybody knows who Rolf was. He was there. Right. You know, like I said, that one year, one or two years, Jim Wilson was there. Um, you know, Brad in his early stages, Brad Rue, you know, the uh, Bulldog, of course. He was, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, just a good, it was just a good mix of manufacturers. And then you had, again, every top dog, musky, um, uh, not manufacturer, but uh, shop. Rowley and Helens, you know, John Lehman from Smokies, you know, Thorn Brothers, uh, Ranger Rick, what is that? What's his place? Was Guide's Choice? Something, oh, yeah. Pro you know, yep. Shop or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, John Lehman's gone. You know, Rowley's doesn't come out to Illinois anymore. They only do Wisconsin exclusively. Um I don't know if, if uh, Guide's Choice does it anymore, but Pasticas, I mean, Pasticas was one of the coolest shops you can get in. And they're gone. They're they're leveled in Hayward, Wisconsin there. You know, that place finally went under, which was a shame, but just a different time, you know? Oh, yeah. 
you know, the changes. I mean, when you know, there's no doubt that there was, you know, for a while there, it just, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you, 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 anybody can buy components and put together a bucktail. I mean, it's not hard to make. Yeah. I was making them when I was a little kid. And uh, th that craze went so crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, like Andy said, I remember just walking around. I was like, okay, there's, there's about 100 booths here, and 50 of them are selling yep. bucktails. And spinners, this is sale. insane. I mean, I mean, this is crazy. How many can you get? <laughs> but that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that, that was the craze, you know, that, that's, that's where we were, you know? Uh, I mean, it wasn't well, all that long ago that there that. wasn't bulldogs. I mean, the rubber is, this is newer stuff and now it's, gosh, there's rubber everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's great to yeah. see all the changes. Uh, uh, you know, when we first, you know, when I first, Met Brad, it was on the PMTT, and I think he'd only been making them a couple of years. It's going back to like '99 there, and you know, uh, I mean, it was neat. Uh, I bought a couple, I caught fish on them right away, but I'm like, man, you know, I, I caught two fish, but the thing's shredded, the tail's gone. I mean, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out, you know, uh, making disposable musky baits, <laughs> but it, it's working. <laughs> People are buying yeah. them, we make them too, and uh, that's what they are. It's neat, uh, it's fun to. It's uh, fun to look at the changes. <laughs> so what? A very innovative date. What shows? Sure. What yeah. shows did uh, Brotherhood do this year? Uh, we don't do them. You don't we do just them. Go period. to them. And, okay. uh, I haven't missed a Chicago show in I don't know how many years. I still go to them, and I travel around. I'll do uh, you know uh, Todd's uh, Musty Max and TA there. Uh, I've been uh, you know the Ohio show, of course. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You know, I do the Chicago show just because it's close. I do that every year. I don't miss that. I just go because it's what I do. But um, we don't have any boots. We don't have any overhead. We don't, We don't. you know, again, small batches. Mm -hmm. Just because one of the reasons is I'm burnt out. And the second reason is because we can make them when we want to. We don't have to, you know, it's not a grind anymore. You know, mm -hmm. you're not worried about getting them all out, you know, so... Nice, and and people can find those generally when you you guys make a batch. It, you guys post it on your uh, Facebook page. Yeah, we were doing a list. I'll elaborate on that a little bit, only because uh, the list has been kind of a pain, and we're going to get away from that. Um, we used to take a list, and you know, first come first serve on a list, and you know, we're human. So every once in a while. Somebody else, you, you'll you you forget to write some guy's name down or something. That, you know they they beat you up real bad online, and you know it's not intentional. We're not doing that to make anybody mad or anything like that. We just you know simple mistake. We've had a, we've had a couple of them, but uh, we're gonna do like uh, something like DK's doing. Dave does a great job with that. You know he does like a draw to buy or something like that. We'll just put up a couple of baits and say if you want them, here's the price, and if not, that's okay. You know, yep. and then we won't. We just won't deal with a list. Yeah, I think I think the way that Dave does that is is a really nice uh, a nice way for everybody to get on there, and you know, you're omitted for the next X amount of draws if you do get your name pulled and whatnot. I, I yeah, no, he a, does it right for sure. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really nice way of doing it. So from. <clears throat> Leaving the Chicago show stuff back at the big game, what what did you learn 
with the wood at big game that's helping you out now i mean you're not are you you're still using balsa wood i i don't think you would be but you might be on the- no no i i no i don't know balsa wood anymore only because again it's they're super easy to beat up i mean i'm not um bad mouthing any bait whatsoever but the balsa baits out there they get tore up quick guys don't like it you know baits are a lot of money nowadays you know i think a big game nine inch nowadays is like 25 bucks or something you know you catch two fish on it you could break the lip off because it's a thin lexon you can't use a thick lexon because if you use a thick lexon for the lip it's either gonna it's gonna tear the bait out so you know Uh what do you do what do you do but you don't get that flutter from any other wood out there than balsa so no, the old, those old Bagley, like we talked about the, the Bagley colors, and I mean, the Bagley baits, they just had an action that uh, you can't repeat, and that's, like, as you're saying, that's the buoyancy of that uh, balsa, but uh, also, <laughs> like you said, you know, you can put a Bagley bait in the net, and that might be the end of your Bagley bait. Uh, it's been that way. I've gone through lots of them, but uh, they do catch fish. That action is crazy. Here's a question where in the world do you get balsa wood from i have no idea where <laughs> balsa trees grow <laughs> actually i knew that uh answer to that question and i think it's ecuador is the only place that actually grows balsa i'm probably wrong it was that, crazy but that's, it's that's, one that's, little that's, area that's, i do know yeah. that so you have this precious resource of this balsa tree and you're essentially making baits that are going to get chewed on and then eventually just shelved. <laughs> so it's, to yeah. me, it's just like I mean, they don't look they look great chewed on, don't they? That's that's, oh, that's yeah. your oh, yeah. favorite they, they color, do. chewed. Right, but you would think that maybe that has like some healing powers, and so, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, see this drum of oil? I'm gonna jam this screwdriver in the bottom and let it drain all over the ground so it's useless. I need some wood. Yeah, let no, me make it, a call. <laughs> it's like that too. So. Yeah. It's going to come on a, like a freighter. Across. <laughs> it's just, they just float it over. It's very, very buoyant. <laughs> Put a little outboard on the yeah, back. Yeah, super buoyant. <laughs> really, really, just super buoyant. You know, the, the yeah. action of yeah. balsa, there is no other. No. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But um, so back in the day, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back because there was a question I forgot. Early two thousands. What do you think the average price, if you remember, of just an average eight inch musky bait back then, compared to like where we're at now? I, I won't. I won't talk about an eight inch bait. I'll talk about a five inch bait because I remember those prices. Because I I remember going, how many more of these things I got to make for? How much are we selling these things for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were selling them to the stores. A. Uh, Five inch twitch bait. We were selling to the stores for uh, for six ninety nine. In the in in retail on them, and I got an old Raleigh's book around here somewhere that I can probably find and, and reiterate. But I'm within a dollar, I'll bet, and and selling them for you know fifty fifty percent more than that. So yeah, so seven. You know, so they're selling them for like eleven is. bucks. Twelve yeah. bucks. So how do you twelve thirteen bucks? Yeah, how do you <laughs> how do you how do you make any money making a bait for you know five ninety nine or six ninety nine <laughs> yeah. nowadays? Is, what are they now? I mean, and no wonder the grind numbers. crushed you. Yeah, doing that. 
so like you you took the bait from literally this precious tree to a finished product <laughs> for six or seven bucks of this sod <laughs> of this really sacred wood. Yeah, and we we were the coolest thing, in, you know, to slice bread. We went yeah. all the cool shops. <laughs> how many baits how many of those like if i'm gonna pick on your five inch right now how many do you think you made in a year on like a good running year my best year was uh was was like just over eight eight thousand wow wow that's a lot of lots of balsa trees so and my and, underst- and none of, and they're all cut out you know we cut them all out you know, by hand and routed them all by hand. So that's that was all by hand stuff. Yes, some uh, CNC so, so would have really helped out there. But. So you're like very relaxed and you do it on your own now. What was your personality like maybe 15 years ago when you're making a thousand baits in a year? Were you eight just thousand? Eight thousand <laughs> baits? Were you going insane? Well, go go drink like three cups of coffee and then come back and you know when you're good and caffeined up and that's how i was yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, that's that's not eight thousand were, were you running like seven days a week or or did you actually have time off show season yeah no we were we were we were pretty much doing something at least something every day mm-hmm. that's now was that eight thousand just for one model or eight thousand total no that was total that's all the sizes combined Okay, I mean that—that's still that's like Hall of Fame numbers right there. So you—you you obviously well, had a process down. You're not doing three coats yeah, of epoxy had, on each one of these things. Yeah. Um, some of them, yes, depending on where you're at. You know, a rotisserie uh, for me was huge. We used to let them drip before we knew any better, and then uh, my dad was an HVAC guy, and he was a pretty smart guy, and. He made me a rotisserie, and that you know that went from it went from three coats down to two coats. You okay, know, it saved us a whole coat because you know we used to just hang them, and then and all the uh, all your money, all your epoxy would just drip off the end after you know. You when you put it in a rotisserie, it stayed on the bait. Yep. So that's that's crazy. Was there anyone else? And we're still talking about big game. Back, I, I, I'm I have a lot of questions about the big game stuff. Um, was that before a lot of other people were, were were messing around with the the you know the rotisseries the the bait wheels and all that or do you feel you kind of pioneered that? No, I did not pioneer that. I I was taught by uh, an old guy and his name was Jack Cobb. Um, he pretty much mentored me just like Ladiano did for Todd Leopoldi and all them PA guys. I mm-hmm. talked to Jack Cobb on the phone a lot. But uh, it all stemmed from Bill Crane. Bill Crane was the innovator in that in that game. He started that. And, and if you remember way back, Todd, you might, but I don't know how young your 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 guys are sitting next to you. But uh, if you remember way back, and it's probably been I'm going to say 15 years, there was an article that came out in Muskie Hunter magazine, and uh, it was all about Jack Cobb and how he did things and. You know, they pretty much interviewed him and, and, and wrote it all down and put it in a magazine. But I think it was the next month's issue they did Bill Crane, and they showed a picture of his rotisserie. And his rotisserie was about six feet in circumference, so it was a big, huge circle. 
in uh the transmission on this thing was a uh was a rototiller transmission and that's how he spun it so you know seeing that i had to come up with something and uh you know i talked to my father and we sat down and drew some stuff up, and the year of history is born. But no, I didn't start that at all. That I do believe that was Bill Crane that started that. Interesting. <clears throat> I, I I'm I'm learning this stuff because that when you said that you had the rotisserie, I was just like, okay, well, this is the earliest I've heard of anyone having one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's like not that I'm actively searching the internet to see who made the first bait wheel, but mm-hmm. um, it is it is kind of neat. To hear about that so now <clears throat> let's let's fast forward up to, to brotherhood baits i i already hit on you know what was the differences you know like not necessarily the differences but you're not using the, the balsa wood anymore but i imagine you're still doing like the epoxy on these baits and has the material that you work with improved not improved is it the, like in terms of the epoxy still using the same stuff or oh. No, um, I'm not. I started out with EX, or no, I'm sorry. I started out with Envirotech, and that was the only thing you could get back then was Envirotech light. Mm-hmm. And you can get it at any hardware store, two-part epoxy, blah, blah. But then there was, uh, and I think Mark Smith was the one, Smutley Dog, Mark Smith told me about EX74, and I switched from that. So everything's evolved. Now we're using uh, Joe Peterson from True Glide makes a... Uh, a really good, super clear um, epoxy that pretty much all the, uh, the the bigger bait makers are using that's got to do with anything with wood. So Joe Peterson, it has changed over the years, but not in leaps and bounds. But right now, Joe Peterson's probably got the best product out there as far as epoxy's concerned. Man, that's... In my opinion. Yeah, that's... Uh... I was I was I was not expecting that answer. The answer I was expecting was the stuff that we're using now, which you know you kind of did say is so much better. You know things have improved. You know like you know just the the common stuff that you run into, like oh this stuff is six months old and it's yellowing, it's 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 fighting with me. You know it's temperature sensitive, but that, that you know you seem to have with that Envirotex it. That's kind of the same stuff a lot of people are using now. I just I always hear on the forums, uh, maybe not so much anymore, but the it, they're always searching for a better clear. You know they they're yeah. You're not going to find a better clear than Joe's. And, and you you hit it on the head. You know it's UV protected. It's uh, you know Envirotech. When you mix it up, it gets all these little microscopic bubbles, air bubbles in it that looks cloudy on your bait. Joe's figured something out to get rid of all of that. You know, you used to, every bait that you put on your rotisserie, you would hit with a torch because the uh, carbon uh, dioxide, monoxide, which one is it? One uh, of pops them. all the bubbles in the uh, epoxy. And Joe's figured something out. I don't know what he's figured out, but uh, you don't have to do that with Joe's stuff. It's, it's just a better product. It's super clear UV, you know, same pot life so it's 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 epoxy you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. uh just a better product it's still a two-part though correct it is yeah 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 Yeah. and i mean my pot life is you know when you mix a batch it's a 50 50 shot so it's it's you know equal parts 50 50 and when you mix it you got so much time before Mm -hmm. it gets hard and unworkable 
you, you know, you got to throw it out by then. But uh, mm-hmm. so that that hasn't changed so much. Just uh, the biggest thing is air bubbles in in the non yellowing. Right. Yeah, I always seem to push my pot life. I'm like, I got three more to fill the wheel, and <laughs> I'm taking the heat gun and warming it up so I can keep slathering oh, yeah. it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what ha- and that does work, but you got, you got to be careful with that. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a point to where you say I'm done because you'll get to be like, okay, it's not workable. Next thing you know, that brush is completely junk because you're not cleaning it out. <laughs> You got a bait that's like all goopy because it won't even level, and those are the ones I get. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've uh, yes, yeah, those sir. are the ones we use. Yeah, our baits are never the pristine ones in our boxes. <laughs> talking talking back to the Chicago show, you were talking about all these pristine baits and this goopy stuff that, and how great the Chicago show was, mm-hmm. and how you know the lines are through the door now. Now we're having actual baits for sale there with this goopy stuff all over them yeah i did see that last year <laughs> yeah he was referring to a, a bait that was copying a another big time bait name and the uh the epoxy was not spread quite evenly or covering 100 percent of the bait there were some huge missing areas <laughs> the one side was like bare wow. wood the other side was somewhat painted with but, parts but, of epoxy I, I don't want to throw the guy under the bus because i mean we we, we, we were, we're walking not, down we're not saying i know the name i want to at least fill this part in we were walking back to like our room after the one day and, and we're just walking next to a guy just by chance like most people you know, I guess walk down hallways. <laughs> if you've ever walked <laughs> down a hallway, you, 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 you'll know. You Just know picture this about. hallway and, and some guys walking next to each other, okay? Do you want me to keep going with this? Because I'll keep one foot in front of the other, you know? It depends. So, okay, anyways. And the guy was like, oh, how'd you guys do or whatever? And, you know, we're just idle chit-chat as we're walking down this insanely long corridor to get to our room. And... He's like, yeah, I sell these knockoffs. I mean, he wasn't shy at all about it. He was he was a very nice guy to us. And so then we tell Vance, I don't know where you were at, but it was Todd and I. And we tell Vance about this, and he's just like, I got to see him. So Vance was I disappeared like, for a while. Like this bloodhound the next day sniffing these baits out. I was questioning him, like I was like you picked a, him up and you were like pretending to be a customer. I know. I interviewed him like I was like a CNN reporter interviewing Trump. I was like, hmm. was he a new guy into the industry? Was it a new base? No, I, I think it was. I mean, I'm just going to come out and be blunt. I think this guy thought that he could undercut the original, and oh yeah, it just yeah so so he he came in like that and the unfortunate thing for him was is i think that the following that this this bait uh i mean it's it's a it's an iconic bait anymore has the 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 following did not bite on the the cheap they did not follow the cheap (laughs) knockoff that his children painted with yeah the the paint jobs were were not Yeah. yeah, they. So you go from sold out shows, rock star status to now yeah. goopy baits that are yeah, like and, undercutting and, and, in uh, interstate batteries. <laughs> interstate <laughs> batteries? Did I talk about 
that? You did. You, okay, yeah, I you did. did. When we were like looking for a battery and, and you went to, to pick up. To pick up the battery. the battery, you almost like fell flat on your face because you're expecting it to be there's heavy. some weight there, and it was a hollow battery <laughs> case. He, he said, "There's a battery. I got to see if this is working." He went to pick it up, and he almost hit the ceiling. With it. It's like it's cardboard. <laughs> it's the battery, yeah. the housing of the battery, yeah, but plastic. there was no lead inside of it. It was just <laughs> so if someone were to yeah. steal it to jump their car, they oh, wouldn't. God. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, yeah. but let's, let's get Epoxy. back to... Epoxy. Yeah, let's get back to uh, Brotherhood Bates. Brotherhood Bates. Okay, so you you mentioned earlier that you got some crankbaits in the, in the works. Do you have anything else that you guys are looking to expand? No, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with the way things are going, so probably not. You know, we've been trying to do this crankbait thing for probably a year and a half now and it just keeps falling to the wayside because everybody wants them wake up calls which is a good thing of course but uh kind of ready to move on you know and change it up a bit so just the crankbait right now you know a bigger crank yeah now are your cranks going to be like a like a casting twitch bait kind of or are you looking like trolling market no it's probably going to be in the trolling market it's going to be a bigger uh it'll be a bigger crank for sure but uh, it'll be a deep diving, you know, crank. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we got a couple prototypes. We haven't tested them yet, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure. We're, we're trying to figure out a body right now. You know, you don't want to copy everybody's. Every let's let's face it. Everybody's bait is a twist off of somebody else's bait nowadays. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But you know, you kind of want to put your own signature on it and make it a little different, right? So yeah, that makes that's it, where that we're at right it, now. We're trying to figure hard. out something different. Yep, Try epoxying just half of it. And then... Yeah, like the left <laughs> or the right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make the joke, but I mean, it, there really is yeah, no joke. True. There's like really no new bait out there. Like the, There's really not. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, because there's a lot of new bait makers every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get Andy to well, do just, what... what the one change I'd like to see is like paint one side of the bait like perch and the other side of the bait walleye. That way, if someone can't decide which one they want, <laughs> you can get now two you're at one. Right? That there you go. The oops that Bandit makes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they do something like that? Yeah. <laughs> We've done some upside down ones. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember. Do, I mean, we didn't do a ton of those upside downs, but yeah, more or less, it's it seems it seems like the race on on baits right now is the paint jobs. Yeah, the crazy paint yeah, jobs. For sure. Here's something I want to ask. Here's something for I want sure. to ask Tony. going through this now. Just just fisherman to fisherman. We got people, all kinds of people listening to the podcast. Some are new guys. Some are guys that fish longer than we have. But uh, uh, so your take, you're 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 putting these phenomenal paint jobs on and painting these fins i mean in your honest opinion are we selling to catch the fish or to catch the fishermen are those fins helping catch fish what do you think well both you know you know when you bought a wishmaster in the chicago show in 2002 and you walked up to rolf and said man i can't wait to get this thing home and hang it on my wall you looked at you like you had three heads He's like, yeah. dude, you gotta yeah. fish this thing. What do you mean you're yeah. gonna hang it on the wall? Yeah. So, yeah. me, I would much rather see you know the bait hanging out of a fish's mouth than on a wall. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, I guess I would have to say both, but more leaning towards the side of the guy, the, the fisherman, not the fisherman. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean the uh, the fish, not the fisherman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know that that was that guy. I was at some shows that he was at that Rolf and uh, man, you know, I wish at the time you're like. It's three hundred dollars. It's a lure. I can't even believe it. And yes, sir. So people, people would order some, and now what are they? I mean, they're like fifteen hundred. I wish I'd have bought a half a dozen. You know, uh, <laughs> it's crazy uh, what you can what you see those selling for now. Uh, you wonder where the end is. It's not even an expensive bait right now. Three hundred dollars. I mean, it is a little bit, but not over the top. Not anymore. You wouldn't bat, guys bat, are, bat an eye at it. Guys are soaking them up. You know, they're yeah. buying them. Oh, yeah. They want them. Yeah. It's really, really neat. <clears throat> now, Tony, you've been in this game long enough. I mean, we're talking bait prices right now. Do you see the market sustaining these, you know, really expensive baits? Like a $300 bait? No, I don't. Do I see, <laughs> you know, knowing what it takes to you know, sit down and, and, you know, you're putting, you know, eight coats of epoxy on this thing. You're using 15 colors of paint with iridescence and, you know, all of this, you know, painted sins and all of that. Do I think them will go away? Absolutely not. I don't think that, uh, you know, they're going to pay $150 for one. Do I think the $300, $400 baits are going to go away? I do. I that can't. That can't stay like that forever. You get a recession and see how many you sell. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I could see a hundred, hundred bucks consistent staying. Yeah, and for a while. Yeah, I mean, you I could see that staying for a while with the way that the dollar is going and whatnot. Um, I could see a hundred bucks holding strong in the musky industry for for a long time. Yeah, I think that's it, though. I think that's where it's going to be probably for my lifetime. I couldn't imagine it, like Tony was saying, sustaining at three hundred bucks for a bait. Because what else can you do? I mean, these painters are. I mean, it's it's innovative stuff with with, with how they're painting stuff. I mean, it looks substantially different than things mm-hmm. did many years ago. Uh, glitters, paint the, the uh, foils, and the, then all, now all they're that. doing translucent over foils, yeah. and then some you know opaques and how how can you convince somebody that it's worth more than that like what else could you come out with are we going to start sprinkling silver and gold in them what you know what's going to make them hit that price point to stay i i with the with the artist and somebody that's doing on a on a small scale and just making a couple of them and being you know fish catching machines and also collectors pieces i can see a hundred sticking around mm-hmm. but i don't know how how you can take it to the next and the next and the next yeah level I, from there. if anything like you know if, if we don't have another recession like tony just brought up it might just be that as the painters progress figuring out these new ways to make it look you know really cool mm-hmm. it's then going to get easier it's, it's a technology and those baits that might be you know whatever three hundred dollars now will eventually have to work their way down because as the competition figures it out, it's probably then going to, you know, now you have more of a supply. The demand 
diminishes and they just kind of work themselves back down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the paints anymore, you know, I, I've, I've said it many times on, on the show, go back 10 years and a foil was just insane to look at. <laughs> now it's yeah. like, hey guys, I made my first bait and check out this foil. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, that's better than the thing, anything I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And this was your first attempt. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yes, people have got to see how to do it. Yeah, it's neat. I would agree. <clears throat> look at Rolf. Look at look at the innovative glitter jobs he used to do. He was the master at glitter. Stop and think about who else did glitter other than Rolf Benesiak from uh you know, which master. He had John Cinda mm-hmm. that was spraying that was spraying it, but nobody was doing it like Ralph was doing it. No, no. No, and it's anymore now, I mean I mean you're seeing stuff on you know, pick your favorite group on Facebook and some of these people look like they smear glue, Elmer's glue on them and just roll them into kids' glitter and Yeah. <laughs> it's a start. It's it's a start. I'm not I haven't done any glitters really for for that reason because even though I made it very simple, I think that the art of it there's there's a level of difficulty there that just I don't even want to dabble with. Yeah, yeah, it, it glitter does, is a pain. Don't even get involved. I've done some glitters and it's it's a big mess maker. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to come out of the shop looking like I was at some club. <laughs> glitter all over yeah, me. Yeah, the wife's hollering at you. That's right. You got know, <laughs> yeah, the bottom of your 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 loafers wearing the shop, and you come into the house, and there's glitter everywhere you step. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> Try to you get go out. You go out for one of those nights, and mm-hmm. before you come in the house, you just hit the paint booth real quick and be like, "I was painting all night." Next time we get Mr. Dale Wiley on, we we'll have to ask him about. Uh, how he likes working with glitter. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. How do I find that one? I, you know, I was told that I need to listen to that podcast. How do I get a hold of that Dale Wiley podcast? Oh, it should be in the, uh, it's, it's, it's in our archives and you can find that. Um, if you, if you run an Apple product, it's on iTunes. Uh, also if you just go to, you know, on iTunes, search, uh, musky podcast, there's only a couple there, so find the Fat AZ. Oh, gosh, that would have been, what, a year and a half ago, so about 70. It was in the 70s, I bet, mm-hmm. episode 70. Okay. It was from the Ohio show. We we had them in the uh, – we had a whole crew in the uh, hotel room of Dale's. And we were yeah, all- I don't know how, Andy, just real quick, like, so, like, on our on, – on the Muddy Creek website right now, uh, we have the link to the podcast. That's what you're talking about. That that's all through like iTunes. Like I can't. Well, I it takes you doing it on my phone. But it, like if you go to the Muddy Creek Fishing Guys website, there's this place says podcast and says view prior episodes, and you can just click and scroll down and look at the titles of all 147 of them or something, Perfect. or pick the one you want to listen. Yeah, right. And but, uh, yeah, you if you have a podcast player on your phone or your tablets or whatever and you can just subscribe to it just you know search it out you'll you'll find it there's rss feeds you can also just go to the go to the fat az musky uh musky.com and i have a podcast tab you click on that it takes you right there and you can scroll through i think todd was right about 147 shows yeah and you know yours the one you inquired about 
specifically Dale's, I'm just using rough numbers. It's probably somewhere between 60 and 80 or 90 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the number, but it, it says Dale Wiley right on it. So Incredible. So do, can people order uh, the Brotherhood Bates? We used to be able to. That was when we talked about a list. Yeah, the uh, list. Okay. Take a list, but not anymore. We uh, we're gonna um, dwindle our list till it gets to zero, and then we're just gonna throw them up on the page. Gotcha. So it's gonna it's gonna be if you're if you're a fan of the page, if you like the page, you know you're gonna see one come up, and you know you're gonna be able to to buy it that way. We're not gonna do any list anymore. It's just. It's too hard. People get mad and, you know, they blast you online and we're just going to do like, uh, like Dave does and, and throw them up on the page and, and be done with it. You know what I mean? That way. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll get it down like Dave does, like you were saying, you know, you, you omit, you know, for three auctions, you're, it, it's not even an auction, is it? It's just a, it's kind of like a raffle, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a, where a you put your, uh, essentially they're, you know, say there's 10 baits, they put it up for a couple of days, draw to buy, comment if you're in, and then they have a list of everybody that has won in the pre- previous uh, draws to buy that, that are essentially a minute. And, you know, right now it's probably around like 30 people, mm-hmm. you know, because they've done, you know, maybe three. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and, and that's a pretty neat way to do it because everybody gets a chance, you know, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm can't make everybody happy when you're doing small batches unfortunately that's yeah. just the way yeah. it is you know yeah i think it's super neat to do it that way yeah i mean, yeah. I mean people were you know the but people you're in the you're in the in this game you're you're gonna find that somebody's gonna eventually complain about something that's just yeah. we're in the people business so i would say that out of out of all the stuff that i've seen that's probably the most fair way of doing it mm-hmm there's a lot of work that goes into keeping it fair. Oh yeah. And yeah, he's got like a staff behind him doing it. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he's, he's making a really nice product. You know, we really enjoyed doing that show with him and stuff. And, you know, I, I stay in loose contact with him outside of, you know, just, just being friendly and stuff. It's, but yeah, there's a lot of sure. work that goes into what, what they're doing off that page. And, I don't know if I'd have the time to do it. There is a lot of work that goes into it, but you know, yeah, do it the right way requires work and. Mm-hmm. So, but you don't have a website. It's all through Facebook. All through Facebook. Yep. That's amazing because you know we're I've, only making we're only making you know a hundred to a hundred and twenty-five baits a year. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's all we can put out, actually, just because we're, we're both, again, we both have, you know, full-time jobs. And you like Tuesday, to fish. Thursday, and Saturdays is enough. You know, and I want to go fishing, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been there, done that with making them thousands of baits. Yeah, with the numbers. Yep. Have you been out fishing this year yet? I have. I, uh, I go uh, on a father-son fishing trip with a few other buddies. Uh we actually did pretty good. We we caught walleyes, we caught crappies, and uh, I think we ended up boating uh, a lot of muskies. So nice, nice. That is a pretty good yeah. outing. You got dinner, 
and you got excitement. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm just going to say let's uh, let's wrap this one up right here. Tony, tell them where you can uh, find your baits. I know we've hit it many times, but let's just make it official. Yep, you can just go to Brotherhood Baits on uh, Facebook, like our page, see what we got going on, and, uh, uh, you know, PM us. There you go. So that's how you can find that, uh, the Brotherhood Baits. Um, so, Tony, thank you for uh, joining us. You know, the, this was a couple weeks in the making. I hit you up cold out of nowhere. Well, I had to send you a friend request in order to message you. <laughs> like, who is this weirdo? Because <laughs> I had no other way to find out how to get a hold of you. But um, So let, let's just end this. Fatty Z Musky products, fattyzmusky.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Big thanks to St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vic Marine, um... Chautauqua Lake Showdown, June 23rd. Zach Baker's putting that one on. Muskies, Inc. Find your local chapter. Join that um, or become unaffiliated. It's it's a unified voice in the muskie community, and it's very important. And really, it's not that much money. It's like 45 bucks a year. So Half uh, a bait. <clears throat> half a bait right there. Front half or back half? Yeah. yeah you get to pick. You want the, I want the part that has the hooks on it. I want the bottom half. Okay. I want the half epoxy <laughs> side. The half epoxy <laughs> side. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, guys, did I did I miss one? I went through those really quick. I think you hit them all, man. All right. Yeah, I'm so, good. All right. So until next time, good luck fishing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>